Hey there, listener. Fancy seeing you here. Look, sometimes due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode description for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this episode is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content. So if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement, because we are going down with these ships. Ahoy, mateys! As the more eagle-eared among you will spot, I'm not there with you this week. But I don't want you to panic. I'm still very much alive. There's just a concert going on in the park outside my house right now, and it wouldn't be tenable to try and squeeze in a podcast episode in between bars of Lewis Capaldi, although some of you might prefer that. I don't know. Anyway, graciously stepping into my shoes this week is the very wonderful Danny. You know her from an episode we did previously, so you don't need me to tell you about her wit, warmth, and sagacity, but I'm going to gush anyway. My cunning plan is to join you again next week, although Megs may not be joining you then, depending on her house situation. So just bear with us while we sort life out. I'm going to lean in for this bit. Just between you and me, listener, my worry is that Megs very quickly discovers that she has a far superior co-host in Danny, and this is the last you hear of me. But with any luck, I'll be back to see you again in the next one. In the meantime, please enjoy what I'm sure is going to be a stellar episode. And if it isn't, you can complain to me about it at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Care of Magical Shippers. I'm Megs, and unfortunately we don't have Nathan this weekend because his uh, local area decided to have some big concert for two weeks, so recording with him would be very interesting. So it's like people screaming and music blaring and all that stuff, but we still wanted to record something. So luckily I got to have our friend Danny come back on, and we're going to be shipping together about, you know... Hopefully something we can get really excited about because it's another slash ship and that's <laughs> I'm already excited, so I know. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be great. So Danny, do you wanna tell us what we're doing? We're doing Draco and Charlie. Yeah, aka Dragon Tamer, which I absolutely love. I love that name so much. I think it's so fun. I know I have some people who call it uh Chaco. But uh-huh. I'm like, Dragon Tamer, no, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, I I'm I had never thought about it before. I can't, I think, oh, I'm trying to remember what the a main pairing was that Charlie Draco was like, like the, the side pairing. And I was like, hmm, like how, <laughs> how does, you know, like anytime that we can get Charlie in just because he's not, you know, the, unfortunately, he's ignored primarily in canon and completely in the movies. They're just like, yeah, let's put this random dude in the picture on the Daily Prophet when they go to Egypt or whatever. And it's just uh-huh. like, oh, man, it's just it's so sad. But it's more Carly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's really fun to see him being given, you know, like given a personality and and everything yeah. about him. And um, I definitely love 
when Draco like goes abroad you know like either he for whatever reason decides to get into dragons or something like that or study yeah and and then of course post war yeah and then of course he gets to know and meets Charlie and there's obviously that initial like oh, you're a Weasley thing, you know, like classic Draco just being like, huh, I'm already going to have that prejudice until he's like, wow, you're actually like super hot and muscly and covered in burns. And I'm so into this right now. He's so hot. I know. Literally, he gets so hot all the time. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're actually on fire. Do you? Oh, because it's fun. It's fun when they come up with different things that Draco does after school that's like going against what you would think, you know, a Malfoy would do, like getting into the ministry and, you know, using money and all of that stuff. And anytime that, I mean, Draco's just a fun character in general. Yes. Yeah. So much potential. Uh, I love it's always like post war and he goes mm-hmm. to Romania either to get into studying dragons or I like it when he's a healer. Oh, yeah. He's either training in Romania or Mm -hmm. he's properly working there, but Mm -hmm. either way, like get out of England after the war. Yes. So it's always chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh gosh, it's fun that you say that because, yeah, you'd think he has a goal to do something. And of course, he's going to have his own prejudice against him for his history, you know, being a Death Eater or Death Eater adjacent, depending on you know, what actually, you know, happened with him. And so he wants to prove himself, but has to do it in a new environment where he's unknown. And then he happens upon someone that happens to know, like, him and everything. And I just, and I love when Charlie is doesn't have that prejudice, like, just doesn't care. You know, like, it's like Draco is, like, either has, like, some insecurities or is worried that Charlie is going to judge him or not like him because of that and Charlie's just like I don't care that was that was then or whatever and gets to know Draco even if there is sort of like conflict stuff in the beginning um I def what did I what am I reading like recently that's it's a side pairing oh I'm reading a Lucius Harry which I never thought that I would (laughs) like do and it's like of course it's like Vila Malfoy heritage whatever oh yes yeah (laughs) so I'm I'm not finished with it and it's still just the beginning but Harry ends up being Lucius's mate and Lucius was actually the like one of the spies with with Severus so like they were best friends and you know were together as far as like betraying Voldemort and all that stuff and then it turned out that uh Charlie was Draco's mate like Vila mate yeah. yeah, and it's like it actually is really sad. Of course, <laughs> getting away from the uh, with like the main pairing, but I just, I just, I don't come across too many stories that are actually like super character bashing. Like I've kind mm-hmm. of just haven't seen it. Like I know it's a thing, and a lot of people don't like it, and it'll either be tagged accordingly. Yeah. And but this was definitely brought to an extent that I was like, whoa, someone really has feelings about these characters. Like, they made Ginny and Hermione, like, 
of course, like, we're super anti-Harry Lucius, and we're very vocal and really mean about it, like, just really shitty. And then Molly was equally shitty about Harry Lucius, and then even more so about Charlie and Draco. And so then Arthur reached a point where he's like, I'm divorcing Molly. And I was like, this is the most dramatic thing I've ever come across. And I just couldn't, I can't, I couldn't believe that part of it because obviously it was like, I mean, obviously you're dealing with relationships and characters that didn't happen, but we can be convinced of. Hell, that's why we're here right now. That's why this podcast exists. And for that to just be so, I just, it just was such a thing that I was like really caught off guard with. But it was really sweet because Arthur was like, I support my son. I support Harry, who is also like a son to me. And I wasn't, I knew that Molly would never accept it and was against it. And I just, I wouldn't be able to like live that way. But so anyway, so tangent aside, I was like, wow, that was my first experience with, um, what is, uh, with like straight up kind of definitely making characters super unlikable. And I was like, that's really sad. But, you know, but everyone has their times that they want to make, I don't know, I guess some really intense <laughs> villains and characters. To, you know, we don't all like characters. So, you know, yeah. it is what it is. But that's what same fiction's yeah. for. Exactly. But other than that, I mean, it's like a really small, small part of it. And whatever because you know Ginny of course is like we're supposed to be together like you're you know that's crazy why would you da 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 but but it's really it's really good and it's what is it called Vila Heart I think is what it's called and so yeah it's Vila Lucius and Harry and so I mean I still recommend it it just caught me off guard (laughs) as far as that goes but that was another one where like Charlie and Draco you know like had their moment of realizing that they were mates and Charlie was super protective of Draco like he is and it's like stay away from him sort of thing and just seeing their relationship start to grow and then even like Harry has like this um because he accepts the bond I guess with mm-hmm. with uh with Lucius he has like very like paternal like territorial feelings of Draco like he is his you know, kid, which is hilarious, um, being, you know, a couple months older than he is, but it's just, that's how they feel. Like it just, it naturally transformed to be that. So he's like, I feel so like complicated feelings because Charlie is my brother and Draco is my, you know, is my whatever son. And then I'm just, I'm protective of Draco and I'm protective of my brother. And it's like, it's just this complex thing. He's like, I just have to let them. I mean, it just, it's just so funny. Anyway, Charlie and Draco. about every other ship <laughs> that's literally yeah exactly and it, it it had already it'll have already aired by this time and uh and i am actually in the process of editing it right now i don't know what the problem is with us and wolfstar-ness but we did <laughs> we did wolf starbucks and probably the first 45 minutes is literally just like our personal experiences with a trickle of like wolf starbucks and then and then we finally get into him reading a fic that he wrote and talking a little bit more and we we're just like man it was really funny i'm like this is it's we just can't like i don't know why we can't but we can't and uh but still an amazing episode but i just have to laugh i'm like there's no time that we're gonna be able to pull in 
Wolfstar, apparently. And, uh, but, you know, we try. We do our best. It'll happen one day in another episode. Exactly. Yeah, we'll accidentally do Wolfstar with a different... It'll be like, it'll be Albus Dumbledore and Tom Cole, <laughs> and that's what we talk about and Wolfstar. <laughs> oh, my... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Uh, now I am so intrigued. Transfiguration <laughs> teacher, Tom Riddle. Or no, no, not Tom Riddle. Sorry, transfiguration teacher, because that's canon, you know, whatever yeah. fantastic beast. And and then his student, Tom Riddle, here for it. We know I'm here for it because I'm doing the Fuck the Faculty Fest. So we just... <laughs> Wait. I need to see that pairing and fuck with the faculty. Yes, has. yeah. I'm good. We're gonna make note of making sure that prompt happens because it absolutely <laughs> needs to. Oh man, I love that. Yeah, because we've we've been great to a Charlie. Yeah, we've been given. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if Charlie was a teacher and then Draco was a student? <laughs> Charlie comes back to be the um, like Madame Hooch retires and then Charlie ends up coming back because he realizes he's like put however much time into studying dragons and even though he really loved it he knew that it was either like very strenuous or dangerous and he reached a point where he's like I need to rethink what I'm you know doing because because as far as we know I don't remember if it was like expressed in um like in Pottermore or something like that but it was just because of the timeline of the fact that Charlie wasn't there I think the, I don't I don't even remember. Either he wasn't there seventh year when the kids started or something like that. It was because he left a year early to go study dragons and didn't need his newts for it. I remember reading something like that. So that was why, because Oliver Wood didn't have anyone to play as a seeker because Charlie wasn't there anymore. Oh. Yeah, it was just a re- really weird thing. This was all when I was looking into Flintwood that I'm just like, oh, <laughs> then I started, it get, got into questions about Charlie, which was really interesting. So I was like, oh, so he left a year early because technically a lot, like quite a few students become like turn of age their yeah. sixth year, depending on when your birthday is. So because if you're 11 when you start you know, first year, if someone was like, like Hermione, for example, in sixth year, she would have been 16 going into it. But in September, she would be 17. So it, you know, so it's like he was able to to play the sorry, mom, I'm of age, even though she's like, Fred and George, you can't fight in the war because you're still (laughs) in school. And so Charlie was probably like, I'm not in school anymore. I'm doing whatever I want to. (laughs) I do what I want, mom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, because even though, what was it, he was, yeah, because he was Quidditch captain, which then he was, like, he was Quidditch captain in the Seeker, so him leaving was very dramatic for Oliver, because then it's like, he has to take over, and he has no Seeker, and he's, like, trying to be, you know, whatever, so I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There is something there. There is some sort of weird timeline of, of apparently Charlie didn't finish school. So what if- I didn't like the idea of him like being the flying instructor, but like my first thought was yeah. terror magical creatures like Oh, for sure. That's Hagrid. true. Yeah. Hagrid goes to France to marry Madame Maxime and mm-hmm. then Charlie do that. But I like the idea of flying instructor because you just yeah. think of Charlie as the dragon guy. So yeah. this Okay, okay, okay. In the vein of him being the care of magical creatures instructor, obviously at the point that it becomes an elective because 
remember the year that the you know the trio come back and they don't take care of magical creatures and Hagrid's really like upset about it what if like Draco obviously who's like as soon as I don't have to take it I'm not all of a sudden like beginning like like the um the welcome feast and they introduce the new care of magical creatures teacher and he's just like oh god I gotta get I gotta get in that class I'm going to you know McGonagall or my head of house or whatever and I'm like get me in that class get me in that class immediately oh my god imagine that conversation he has to sit on the slughorn to be like okay never mind Mm -hmm. I want to be in this class and slughorn's like why yeah exactly thirsting for this danger (laughs) (laughs) i'm really interested in creatures and you know i have suddenly discovered passion for magical creatures yes exactly so oh man that would be so oh my god i i just love i love that so i love it so good oh man now i can't unsee that just because like he what what is it probably what um not that i mean hagrid we have to give him the benefit of the doubt like maybe he has some records of like thing bad things that happened in his classes or charlie makes him like make note like oh what are things that you ran into that were problems so i can avoid them in the future sort of thing because probably charlie hears from Ron or whoever, like, oh my gosh, dude, it's da- it's a dangerous class right now. Like, and so Charlie's like, okay, I've dealt with dragons. I know how to deal with, you know, flobber worms and have it not be dangerous, <laughs> sort of thing. Like, and so the dangerous flobber worms. Yeah. So then he comes across like, oh, so there was this Draco Malfoy who made this big deal about, you know, about a um gosh, what hippogriff. I'm like, what the heck is it called? a hippogriff and got hurt but obviously wasn't doing what he was supposed to and whatever and so then he was very like like had his eye on you know that kid like it's like okay like are you gonna cause problems for me like maybe from the very beginning like okay are you here for the right reasons and draco's just like i absolutely am (laughs) i'm totally here for the right reasons Oh, see, that'd be funny if you had like really suspicious Charlie and then Draco's yes. just like Mr. Innocent. Yes. But, yeah. But I, my <laughs> first thought was like, oh, he like sneaks his way into that class because he has hots for teacher, but he yes. can't do anything but be a brat. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just oh, like, man. I'm going to tease you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Charlie just not taking any shit, you know, like which probably only adds to Draco's like being so into him (laughs) just like Malfoy you better behave yourself and he's just like what are you gonna do about it (laughs) I feel like he's a man who just won't put up with anything exactly exactly it's just I uh, because I'm trying to think as far as like Drary goes like I don't know Harry I think definitely their like conflict there is the fact that Draco's allowed to like be like a little you know shit especially to harry and harry just like accepts it like that's what he's you know so having someone who either will kind of like stand up more to draco he probably isn't used to that you know like aside from like his father you know having obviously his his expectations and how he should you know behave and whatever but then in his you know personal life among friends and things he's like the top you know person like he's the guy and you know the slytherins and all that stuff to have someone really come for him and not in a way where he's like i still feel like i'm 
better than you like he would do for the trio or whatever like it's like okay you can come for me but it's not you know I I don't care like I'm still better and then Charlie's like serious with him and then all of a sudden Draco's like oh shit (laughs) that's the thing like I feel like with Jerry like they're like always gonna like butt heads yeah part of I'm not a Jerry shipper but I imagine part of the draw is just like the lovers and they're always gonna have some form of conflict that makes it interesting right it's fine you know that's the kind of dynamic I do like but with Charlie I feel like the way I imagine him is just very like patient and calm Mm -hmm. and very like but firm and direct like he's really stable so I can picture him being like I can handle you but Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna put up with yes (laughs) yes and it's like he like just the idea of him like expecting more from Draco Mm -hmm. not a harsh way but just like I know you're better than this yeah or I know you're capable of you know like the combination of support and like also wanting to like push someone to be their full potential you know sort of thing without the expectation of like this is who you should be more so like you know you can be more but you can decide what more means you know what I mean like I love that Charlie could be someone super soft and affectionate but also be you know because you think of like okay already getting into like sexy category so (laughs) sometimes with people who like control in their real life like to remove that control like as far as in like intimacy and stuff like that so to like for Draco to be able to trust someone to like give over his control to someone knowing that he can trust someone like Charlie is just is so sweet it's just I I love that so much like that's that's probably my favorite thing as far as like what I definitely have read a ton of daddy kink for those two I have a hundred percent like I don't know what it is about them but it's just probably like the kind of the semi age gap because I think it's like seven years or something because yeah it's like seven or eight years it's about 10 10 years for Bill yeah and then for Percy it's yeah so there was a gap between like Charlie and and Percy or whatever but so it's just yeah I just uh yeah, and I've, I've written Daddy King. They're in the bedroom. Uh, Draco, Charlie. So, yeah. but it, it's, and like I have like a Daddy series that's mm-hmm. primarily yes. scary, but then I also wrote Draco, Charlie, and it was cool seeing how different those two dynamics. Yes, were. you're right. You did. And that's probably was part of what I was thinking <laughs> when I was, I completely forgot about that. Awesome series. We'll be linking. Definitely check out the Daddy series. Please, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man so good so good yeah that's that was the fun thing was like Snape is more of like a harsh daddy whereas Charlie yes kind like yes yeah taking care of yeah because Draco didn't get that you know like he didn't have a dad that was affectionate and like ultra supportive and you know as far as we could see in their relationship like he definitely had like you know, like you're the represent, you know, the representative of the future of the Malfoy family. So you have to be some kind of way. And but yeah, so that's oh yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm thinking I'm like that. I'm pretty sure I was thinking about your story now that I think about it. So yeah, that's awesome. I love. Yeah, I just really I haven't read a lot of them as them being the main pairing. And I don't know if. It's it's funny how, especially when you have Harry with somebody, the, like, it's, I see a lot of, like, drawn, like, 
Draco Ron. Like you've read, you know, written that too. And I'm, and I just kind of discovered it and started getting into it. And I, and I really love that. But as in comparing, like say Ron to Charlie, obviously even that dynamic is different. We kind of got into that in our Dreble episode about how even though you ship someone like the same character with other people, the mm-hmm. dynamic can be so different. So even though he's with two different Weasleys, like Draco's still going to be that little shit with Ron, yes. you know, like he's a hundred percent going to be this little shit. And either Ron is just going to be oblivious to the digs that Draco gives him or just, you know, or he'll push, you know, kind of pu- it's like, there, it's like the, like a fiery hothead yes. explosive relationship whereas I don't I feel like Charlie being like the profession that he's in being he just feels more level-headed you know like he he just had to learn to control things and not react like Ron is very reactive versus like you know like understanding the situation and stuff like that so I as much as I loved Ron I can see why you know Draco and Charlie would be just as good for different reasons yeah so it's less of that butting heads and less of that drama and more like stability and like yeah peace and like building each other up yeah yeah I feel like their relationship would be very you know pretty wholesome like as far as like their public relationship and how they are as a couple and then as far as like how they are behind clothes you know like in the bedroom and stuff like that is when things get a little bit spicy you know what I mean so it's just that's when Charlie's fire comes out is yes yes (laughs) Charlie's fire I love that um but he's totally in control he's totally cool and chill and then they get to the bedroom and he's like an animal (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah on your knees (laughs) and draco's just like oh yes daddy (laughs) yes (laughs) yes daddy so uh what was okay so like circling back half an hour um (laughs) to the healer draco thing yes i i love the idea of like the reason that they meet is because Charlie got hurt or had burns or something like that, like had to go somewhere or he was called into the scene, you know, of yeah. knowing like, oh, you're stationed near a dragon sanctuary. Therefore, you're going to see a lot of burn victims. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's definitely going to be a thing. And then just uh, then Charlie and Draco connecting because of scars. Because Draco has the uh-huh. Sectum Sempra scars, and then to see that it's like it doesn't define who I am because I'm like not like not really disfigured, but yeah. I'm not perfect. Like you yeah. know, I'm obviously altered permanently, sort of thing, because yeah. of you know whatever reasons. I'd imagine that dragons have a more like magical fire, kind of like fiend fire. Like it wouldn't be as easy to treat versus like just I don't know putting your hand in the fireplace or something (laughs) i forgot the flu powder (laughs) yeah exactly whoops that was a really bad choice (laughs) so but uh yeah but um but i anytime that draco can be vulnerable vulnerable about his imperfections is like really sweet and then his partner like accepting whether it's like like in dreary harry being able to like accept together and forgive himself for being the one that gave him the scars and Draco being like I forgave you a long time ago and with this it's more like I've 
spent my whole life trying to be perfect because that was what it was expected of me. And this is an imperfection that I will never escape, you know? So it's like for Charlie to either be like, like, it's just, it's just a part of you. Like, and I love you and that doesn't matter. And it's, you know, so I think that Charlie could help him get rid of that, like break the barrier of that vanity and that, you know, yeah. feeling like has to like look and be a certain way. And so I just, cause he's definitely the like, you know, is like preening and making himself all like, you know, done up and is always like smartly dressed and just does his hair, whatever way. And Charlie would just be like, you know, you don't, yeah. But I mean, I'm sure that Charlie would find it like cute and just be like, oh man, you're just, you know, you're obviously trying so hard. Like I've like, what is it like, um, like a lot of, I don't, I mean, dragons are not real, but I don't know as far as dragon adjacent reptiles, as far as in real, whatever. But you know, with like a lot of, um, it's funny with a lot of animal species, it's like the male species is like flaunting themselves to get the attention of a female to be you know their partner and whatever so I could see I could see Charlie being like man you are being such a ridgeback right now you know like it's like if like he knows when like there's like quote-unquote romantic or like interest between dragons based on behaviors and stuff like that and whatever and that would just be kind of the inside joke of like oh you're you know you're my like you're my dragon because obviously draco or whatever but then just be like oh you're being such a you know whatever like i just think that'd be so funny that like charlie can tell what's going on but also acting oblivious you know like on purpose like just to see how far things could go I just I love I love the idea of Charlie you know just letting Draco try and end up you know like trying to be subtle and then eventually trying really hard and like for whatever reason Charlie's finally finally like I've known a long time and I've just it's just been really fun to watch (laughs) that sounds so mean but it's I know but it's just like, I like the idea. Hopefully <laughs> not for months. Like maybe like a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's- Although slow burns, there are different types of slow burns. So we don't know. But yeah. I, I like the idea of like, I I like when one, when Charlie compares Draco to a dragon. Yes. All the dragon comparisons. My go-to is always, he compares Draco to like an opal eye because they're like really mm-hmm. pretty. Mm-hmm. But I do like uh, see Draco as being very like vain and proud and mm-hmm. the way he was raised and just being very like flirty, mm-hmm. having like acting very vain, I guess. And like, yeah. oh, flirty, I'm going to tease and try to get your attention. But then mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, I guess at that point, remembering the scars and the imperfections, yeah. but then having that moment of like, oh, no, I'm broken. And then trying yes. to like, what are you talking about? You're gorgeous. Whatever. I know, I know. Okay. So here's like, so now I'm thinking like kind of like a, um, like a Cinderella story situation where Charlie is like, obviously his day-to-day job is just dealing with dragons, be that 
feeding them, literally wrangling them, probably cleaning up after them. You know what I mean? Like dealing with like taking like kind of like a like a I mean, any type of sanctuary like, yeah, you're caring for animals like the whole time, you know, to protect them, help them heal, you know, rehabilitation, all of that stuff. So obviously he wouldn't care about like what he was wearing or how clean he was. Like at the end of the day, it's like, oh, then I go home and I, you know, shower and whatever. And so what if there was some sort of like, um, <laughs> this is this is what I do every episode. I come up with a new fic idea that someone else needs to write because I don't have time. Um <laughs> <laughs> but what if there's some sort of like um like charity event for the sanctuary? And so then it's actually like a semi-formal event and it's the first time that Charlie actually like wears nice robes and does his hair and this thing and then all of a sudden Draco could have seen him as like, oh, that like filthy Weasley. Like, of course, like you came from the gutter. Of course, you're going to dress and look like you're from the gutter. And then all of a sudden he's like this gorgeous, you know, like, like all dressed up and, and whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, Draco realizes like, shit, I did it again. Where it's like, you know, you judged a person based on something else. And then all of a sudden he's just like, okay, like he's he's so into it. <laughs> oh wait he's hot <laughs> yes 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 it's like i mean it's a very cliche you know thing but it's just i love that idea of like you don't see somebody until all of a sudden just because he's draco's gonna be have that blindness be based yeah. on you know prejudice like for a long time like you don't really unlearn that like i mean i yeah. i definitely believe stories that are like i want to be completely different from my family or i don't feel any sort of way towards anyone anymore because I know what it's like to you know it's just with his experience with the war and Voldemort and all that stuff but I can also understand and believe that it would still take him time to not be that way you know like have his preconceived notions of who I yeah. it still to to this day baffles me that moment when he like sees Ron and he's like oh you must be a Weasley like, okay, so are your parents literally going through all of these families and the people <laughs> that it's like, oh, here's like has a has a board like this is Arthur Weasley. This is da da da. And they have a bunch of redheaded kids and they're probably their kids. And, you know, don't talk to them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, how does he know who the Weasleys are? You know, and like, why does he have it's just I just always thought that was funny. It's like, oh, red hair, hand me, hand me down robe. You must be a Weasley. I'm like, God, obviously this justifies uh, yeah. Luther, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Lucius, because he's obsessed with Arthur and, you know, talks about him all the time, you know, whatever. So <laughs> to me, that's always sort of like implied, like mm -hmm. almost a family rivalry kind of thing. Yes. Yes. And then there's that whole interaction at um, the bookstore. Mm -hmm. uh, where I they freaking fight. literally like ha <laughs> have like fist fight, like rolling and brawling in the streets. Like, just... So even if it's not quite, you know, active all the time, rivalry, yes. it's just like, it's there. Maybe like their ancestors were like serious rivals and it's just sort of. I love out. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ancestral, like they just have some sort of. I, I don't know, like part of the like Malfoy motto, like they have their crest and like the motto and then it's like and then forever the Weasleys are like, you know, like the sworn enemy of the Malfoy. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I oh, I love that. 
I think that yeah. kind of plays into me is um, back to the idea of like preconceived notions mm-hmm. of maybe, you know, Draco going to Romania to get a fresh start and trying yes. to get away from everyone he knows. So I guess kind of being horrified that he recognizes someone, but then also partially on his end still being, even if he's determined to be a better person, yes. you don't unlearn everything right away. So yeah. even if you're like actively trying, you're not going to be perfect with it. Mm-hmm. So him still having some sort of wariness when it comes to Charlie, yes. but Charlie having lived there, he's so far removed from it all. Yes. And him being that more rational down to earth kind of person. Yeah. Like he has zero qualms about it. And it's just like, him being like a steady presence and then Draco slowly like calming down and then mm-hmm. like, oh wait a minute so a slow burn in that way where Drake it's Draco having to like work through his own yeah stuff. and Charlie being zero worried about anything just like oh it's the new guy yeah yeah and <laughs> so I really like the idea of Draco not knowing his last name you know, like him just being introduced as like, oh, this is Charlie. He's like, you know, he runs the place or whatever. And he doesn't necessarily make the connection because he's like, why would I think that some random dude in Romania would be related to whatever? And like, he st- he's like interested and starts to, you know, either they build a relationship. And then what if he like sees a letter or he's like, oh, my brother's going to come visit. And then, you know, and then Ron shows up and it's like that horror of like, you know, he's like, oh, oh I, no. want to int- I want to introduce my new boyfriend to my brother. And then it's like that horror moment of like, wait, you're a Weasley. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. I I really like that where he just like I mean he literally has no idea so that it also goes against the went not knowing like if he had known he could have behaved or thought differently but he got to know someone without that and then after everything happened was like you know Drake was like I just I just don't know anymore like I don't <laughs> I'm like who am I what is this? like what is what is life anymore <laughs> I love the drama and then oh imagine like it is Ron, and then Ron and Draco get into it, and then Draco's yes. having a meltdown, and then Charlie's like, what are you doing, Ron? That's before yeah. you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because it could even just be, like, before that was even said, like, just, like, why is Malfoy here? And them just, like, going into it and being, yeah, exactly, like, discussing after an altercation that it's, like, you need to be, you know, it's, like, stop treating my boyfriend that way. And it's, like, wait, it's him? <laughs> Oh, the drama potential. I need it. I know. I love drama and angst. It's just so good. Like, I'm like, I can't just be, I mean, fluff has its moments and it like can be very wholesome and beautiful, but I do love when someone just like, just has to make it like it blow up. Like I just. <laughs> oh, okay. For me, the perfect thing would be this. Okay. Draco and Charlie, they're happy together. That's yes. like the perfect stable relationship. And then they go home and like, we're getting married and then their respective families are like no (laughs) (laughs) so like imagine the families are trying to like break them up and Mm -hmm. pressure Mm -hmm. from their parents so it's like family drama but it's just them be closer and closer because yes there's like we're a team we're in this together and we're gonna get through this storm together so you get all that drama but you also have the like cute, wholesome yeah. relationship with Stan Storm. Yeah. 
I love it. Yeah. I definitely, I could definitely see Draco's insecurities coming out in some of that. Like, it's like, is this worth it to you? Like, am I really worth it? And Charlie's just like, shut up. Of course you are. Like, just stop it. You're wonderful. You're who I want to marry. It doesn't matter what they think. We'll figure it out. Either they'll accept it or they don't, which of course then Draco has to like deal with the fact that it's, I've, I've wanted and craved my parents' acceptance, you know, for my entire life. Like, you know, and so then he feels like pressures and questions everything and finally has to be like, you know what? Why am I listening to my dad, the person who, like, made the choices to, you know, to serve a dark lord for reasons and whatever? Like, why do I care what he thinks, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. So, but I could definitely see Charlie, like, having to, like, reassure Draco for various reasons. Like, no, you're you're who I want. This is This is what I want and I want it with you and we know why like before everything happened like you know what our life was like before coming home and everything exploded <laughs> like yeah yeah no yes oh i yeah because i i because i could see draco being afraid of even just in general coming back home like yeah. being the first time him going back to britain after maybe years like maybe they had you know however many years and yeah that would just be <laughs> same <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like that is all i have no more i have no more words but yeah no i just i <sighs> poor draco poor little broken baby i just <laughs> i love him yeah he's so what great a love yes yes uh... yeah then there's the alternative side of things of like kind of like we talked um, about him being flying instructor is like because of course like um, Oliver had always said like oh he could have played for England or whatever and they could have also have met you know through Quidditch or something like that. Yeah. So that's also something that you know kind of plays off of like common ground that they have and, and things like that and would have to be like a an alternate change of course as far as career wise for Charlie and for whatever reasons that he has and so there's always I I mean anything Quidditch sports related like rivals to lovers is just absolutely it. it's so good imagine them having little Quidditch dates though mm. like either them playing or like going to games together yes, yes. yeah Shit. Yeah. Or, oh, 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 okay. So another way that they could, because I've seen this in, um, what, like in like, uh, like Crumb and, and like Ron or Hermione or whatever, like say Draco does play, you know, Quidditch and maybe he plays for England or whatever. And so then they're traveling to other countries, obviously to play different things. And then Charlie might be like a super fan of like the Romanian team. And so then that's where, like, you know, they either, yes. for whatever reason, meet each other at that point, be that they yes. met at the pub afterwards or something. And, like, then it's, like, you know, who could have been a hookup situation. And then he could have left. And it, it might have been, like, the start of, like, a one-off thing that it's, like, oh, I never, I'll never forget that one guy that I met in Romania yes. of all places and couldn't stop thinking about him. And maybe he does have a good relationship with Ron and Harry, like, post-war. And so then it happens to be a moment where, it's like, oh, my brother Charlie is coming home for Christmas or, or something. And then Charlie shows up and Drake was, like, oh, damn, that's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> Oh, speaking of that, like, this one's kind of sad, but... Great. Here it we ends, go. It, it ends happy. It ends happy. Hold on. 
but like imagine <laughs> it's like a hookup but it's like never the right time yes so it's always like meeting and hooking up and it's always like this magical feeling of like this is something but the circumstances just being just bad. don't allow for it mm-hmm. until it's like years and years later when they finally come back together after like 30 40 years and it's like yeah oh, this is our time now yeah it's like yeah and they could have like had their long-term relationships maybe even you know one or both of them are like divorced or you know things like yeah and they just come together after everything oh that's just so yeah so sad sweet that's so bittersweet it is imagine Draco has scorpius because mm-hmm. i love scorpius he has to be oh i do that. love that yeah but even if it's not like decades and decades at least right some in between just some distance and always yes feeling like this great connection and no mm-hmm. they have to continue their lives but no one else ever matches up but they mm-hmm. feel crazy about it because it's like we've spent all of what 10 hours together in the past yes. years like yes exactly but it's like but those 10 hours have meant everything yes <laughs> what if scorpius and rose were dating like if they were together and so then the Weasleys and the, you know, the Granger yeah. Weasleys and the Malfoys have, had always kind of had an intermingle and maybe it's, what if it's at their wedding? What if it's oh, at yeah. their wedding? Scorpius is marrying Rose and Charlie shows up and they're just like, oh my gosh. And Draco's either divorced or widower or whatever. And then they see each other again and it's just, oh my gosh, all the feelings rush back. And, yes. and that's <laughs> finally the time yes. they can finally get together yes. and, yes. Be and be together forever <laughs> i don't want to cry oh no <laughs> i know i know my cheeks hurt so bad oh man oh my goodness i <laughs> oh man and i i mean i keep circling back to him as the as the professor for care of magical creatures we know where your head is <laughs> exactly yeah 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 and of course it'd be like probably like some sort of au where like draco isn't involved in you know Voldemort or whatever or like a no Voldemort au or something like that and yeah that's just that's yeah him having a crush on his teacher is just like the sweetest thing and then ron being horrified you know like just yes Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Malfoy like, stopped drooling after my brother. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Hermione definitely be like, oh my gosh, Draco is so like so lost for your brother. And Ron's like, what? Like, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. I will not stand for it. <laughs> and maybe in the in him trying to stop it by going to Charlie and be like, you can't, you can't. Charlie's just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's like, yeah, Draco Malfoy's totally into you but that's you no you can't do that and then charlie's all of a sudden like oh (laughs) and then it's ron's fault they get together exactly exactly because i i love i love that when ron is trying to make something not happen and he like literally completely flips it so that whatever he did to try and stop something only like pushed it forward to actually happen Imagine Ron pouting at Draco and Charlie's wedding. He's just in yes. the corner, like, mm-hmm. and Hermione's like elbowing him, like, stop it, like, <laughs> like this is your, your brother. brother's moment, like, stop it. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, and Charlie being like Scorpius's new dad is so sweet. Ah! <sighs> 
Yeah, Scorpius adopted by, you know, whoever Draco ends up with is just is just the oh. absolute cutest. Just cuz I just I just think of Scorpius as this adorable little, you know, un like untainted by war and trauma, like little cinnamon roll gorgeous little boy and he just like yeah. is just like a shining star in in Draco's life and for him to like accept his new partner like Draco being insecure as far as having someone like either he lost his mother or whatever and worried about how his son would react which is like a genuine fear for any parent who's going back into dating is like okay I really like this person or I'm falling for this person but I also have to consider how does that relationship you know happen with my kids and i've what i've i've read some where of course like you know i probably a dreary or probably you know something and yeah. harry's with somebody has the three kids and albus is just like gonna hate anyone like he's just yeah. mad at his dad furious at his dad for you know divorcing jenny or whatever and then finally hermione or whoever is like harry you have to realize like there's going to be a point where you just he's just being an angsty teenager like he's just he's going to push and push and push and you have you can't let him control your happiness just because he has issue with it so but Scorpius wouldn't have that issue he'd be 100% supportive because (laughs) because he's so cute I know I love Scorpius I'm just like oh and all the uh what is it the next gen fest is like posting actively right now as we're you know, as we're recording. So by the time this comes out, I don't know if like they'll all be out or even reveals or whatever. But that is giving me so many next gen feels that I just, I just love. I'm like, Scorpius is with who now and blah, 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 and all these things. And I, yeah. So now I'm just like, yeah, Charlie with his his adopted son, Scorpius. And because Scorpius, you know, according to whatever cursed child is also into Quidditch. So having two dads that were really into Quidditch and because Scorpius was technically seeker, right? For Slytherin, I think. I don't remember. I don't know either. He was, he was something. He was something. And then Rose played for Gryffindor or whatever, yeah. or something like that. But I don't know. I I I I read it once, and that was <laughs> that was <laughs> everything else goes to like going to you know Harry Potter Wiki or fandom dot com or <laughs> anything like that. HB Lexicon, any, anything like that's you know that's where I get all my information from. Fair enough. <laughs> So, but yeah, I just, oh, what if he helps him like learn how to fly? And it's like, it's just. Imagine he comes in early and it's like Charlie putting like little baby Scorpius on like a toy Mm -hmm. broom and like Draco's watching and just falling Mm -hmm. more more in love watching this man with his son. Yeah, because obviously he's a healer and he works long hours. So to have Charlie who's going to be present with Scorpius and even though he's like kind of sad that like Charlie gets to do these things with Scorpius that he wished he could the fact that he is doing them and is getting the time that he didn't have when Draco was alone raising a child, you know, sort of thing. And, oh, God, why is everything so cute? This is just, <laughs> my cheeks hurt. My heart hurts. It's just so. It hurts. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. I can't. I just, oh, my gosh. I can't. I can't get over this. I don't know. I just. I. <laughs> It's too wholesome. It is. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I was like, okay, how can we make it angsty <laughs> Okay, I was thinking of that. Okay, all right, here we go. Just a little bit. Well, I was thinking um, 
you mentioned like the no Voldemort AU, but so mm. if you think of Voldemort and, you know, Draco having the dark mark. And I yes. know a lot of people like to headcanon Charlie with like lots of tattoos. Oh, yes. Tattoo Charlie. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of, like being like trying to be supportive of like Draco's scars and then like yes. be supportive of the dark mark and then like maybe giving them the idea of like having more tattoos to sort mm-hmm. of like, hide it. And even if it's not yes. cover up, making it into something positive. Yes. And then they'll just be this cute tattooed couple. Yes. Oh, I do love that. I do <laughs> love that. That's so great. Yeah. What if it is a Charlie is a tattoo artist, AU? <laughs> yeah. So he's actually like, you know, so then Draco goes because either like someone recommends this Charlie or whatever and <laughs> he goes to him regularly, you know, like you have that person, you know, a lot of times where it's like, oh, they did a great job and now I trust them yeah. to keep doing. Like I've also read somewhere Draco gradually adds on to it you know a tattoo to like show his growth through life or you know things like that so it's like what if it's something that he has like a like a set date like every year that he goes to like add something new and like over time it's like maybe it could be like five years down the line of like knowing this person and finally charlie's like like well it's like hey do you want to you know get a drink or something and then Draco's just like oh like you know like maybe part of the reason he goes back to this person is because you know he he feels a sense of safety and trust that he hasn't felt in a long time or or never has or you know something like that so you know and an extra slow burn right there that's (laughs) yes also there's the whole like idea of like the tattoo artist and the florist so imagine like florist Draco he would he would be so cute with a flower shop like it's just like him being like okay i saw a lot of dark darkness and now i want to be surrounded by happy things and just like that's so sweet i love it imagine him getting like a whole like sleeve of like floral tattoos oh yes i do yes i do love that because sometimes like i could imagine either the dark bark being manipulated instead of like a snake like looking to be like roots or something or you know or like even Uh like a like snake in the like intermingled with you know flowers or something like that and yeah oh yeah charlie absolutely accepts draco for his scars and everything like it's just oh gosh and you'll get through everything and deal with his like guilt and angst and stuff and just be Mm -hmm. that really supportive Mm-hmm. person who just takes him as he is and helps mm-hmm. him grow like a flower yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yes and like and charlie's nurturing that flower and helping it grow and yes oh wow that's so cute mm. i love it <laughs> okay so draco needs a snapdragon tattoo oh dragon flower yes oh i love that because we got to come back to the dragons. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Somehow dragon has to be involved, not just, yeah. I just, oh, oh, I need all of these stories to exist. This is so unfair. <laughs> so much potential for so many stories. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I meant to look up before we got started. I'll see if I can look right now how many Draco Charlie stories there are. Not enough. 
I know. And then like how many they're like, um, you know, like the main versus like mm-hmm. side pairings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm going to look that up right there. There's a ton of t- <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, Hermione Draco Charlie. Interesting. Oh. Um. Okay. Draco Malfoy Charlie. So just with that, like if you select the pairing 464, which is pretty good. And then there's 217 where they're the the main pairing. So that's pretty dang good. Still not enough, but not bad. No. Yeah, I know. I'm actually really, I'm like, hey, there we go. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go back into this and see if any of these ideas that we had exist. (laughs) Oh. Oh, man. Oh, I love that so much. I have read one where it was like a soulmate story, but it was Mm -hmm. like, weird like time travel soulmate story where you come of age I think if I'm remembering correctly then you would like travel to like your future with that person oh so that was cute but interesting so I like that and it's Draco because he's the younger one so Charles already knows and expects it and um yeah he just has like he just wakes up to this wonderful life and knows what to look forward to but I do like the idea of them being soulmates yes you like go back to like the soul mark stories yes yes um there's there's one theme that I've read in a couple stories that I like especially for age gaps is when like you be you come of age like your mark displays be that either the name of your soulmate or some you know signifying factor that you could figure out who it is, you know, and then knowing it's that person for obviously significantly longer than the other person. So I dig that, especially Mm -hmm. Charlie just having to know the whole time. Oh, imagine like he comes of age and then he figures it out and he doesn't give a crud, but he knows like Malfoy, blah, blah, blah. And he's getting older and listening to his brother talk shit about drinking. Yes. And yes. Having like bite his tongue the whole time. And, like, Ooh, yeah. And, and oh, the angst, the longing, pining. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I've definitely read, like, <laughs> once again, well, there's thousands of dreary. What can I say? There's going to be an example of everything as a dreary, but like Harry, compl- like wanting to ignore it. Like, literally, like, I, like, people you know, marry or are with not their soulmates all the time. You know, it's like, I don't want to be Draco's soulmate or something like that, or I'm just going to ignore it and pretend it's not a thing. And then Draco being like, has had been the one to grow and see the potential for what it is. And then coming into it's like, I really want to try. And then that really surprises the other person to be like, wait, you are interested? Like you aren't like, you know, don't hold whatever against me. Like, that just was, you know, surprising to that person or whatever. But You're I just, not I like by this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. the old, Yeah. It's like, well, my brother Ron would be absolutely horrifying. <laughs> or what if Ron figures it out? Like, what if it's something that Charlie doesn't understand because it has a reference to something because he's been away forever. He doesn't know this Malfoy kid or anything like that. And then, you know, and then Ron sees it because either like, you know, and then because he, what? yep. And then Rod's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. It's, it's like one of those where like your mark matches the other person's mm. like exactly. And then Ron's like, wait a minute. Yes, yes, yes. Because yeah, that could be where they actually like they have it from birth sort of thing. Yeah. And so then when, you know, he's 
like either Charlie reaches a point of like, oh, I never met them in school. Like maybe it's someone, you know, because obviously the Wizarding World, you meet your significant other in school. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> there's nowhere, there's no one else in the world. Like that's, that's, that's impossible. Like why would you meet someone somewhere else? But like he just, he never met that person and never thought that he would, especially like, you know, maybe it is a proximity thing. So he felt like he would never meet them because he moved to Romania or something like that. And so then it took other people in the family or exposure, be that Harry figuring it out or Ron figuring it out or something like that to be like, we like, we found them, but we don't know if you're going to like it. <laughs> oh, no. Imagine it's a case of like Ron figures it out. And then this is the point where Ron's like, I'm going to keep them apart. And, yes. And it takes them so much longer to longer. Because mm-hmm. Ron keeps getting in the way and like, nope, you two. Yeah. Like what if? Yeah. Because what if like, you know, Draco's either friends with them or for whatever reason he's around and like either it's like on um like on charlie's arm or somewhere and then he goes to like roll up his sleeve or something and ron's like no like or something like that like just cover yourself up you whore cover yourself <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yes no i and then hermione is like what is wrong with you? Like, it's just, and then when she figures it out, cause she does because she's Hermione, then she's just going to be like, Ron, oh my gosh, how could you? Like, you know, like that's so selfish. Cause that's, you know, classic, whatever, but. Oh. Either he sees how impacted his brother is being mm-hmm. like, he doesn't make a big deal out of it, but Ron can tell it's like getting to him that he's never yes. met his And yeah. or he like gets to know Draco more and it's like, you're not that bad actually. And he's the one who after keeping them apart for so long is the one that eventually is like, Hey, mm-hmm. you guys are soulmates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. In the end brings them together and comes full circle in himself. Yeah. Because it. like we, we get an example of that in Canon with Harry and Ginny because he's like so against Ginny and everyone, yeah. like literally anyone he's like, Ugh. and then it's Harry and he's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like this is my this is my friend and I trust him and whatever and it could it could go the opposite direction of like him either being like I, you know, you could be whoever it is. Like you could be with anyone and it doesn't matter like, you know, and then it's like but not him. Absolutely not. <laughs> of all people, literally of all people in the world. <laughs> there are so many people. Oh my gosh, I know. That's just Oh, I love that so much. I love that. But yeah, I, and then of course, then like if Draco say like he goes and he's actually like working with dragons or things like that, like having a moment where like Draco's in danger and that being the moment that Charlie realizes his feelings or, you know, whatever. And it's just, nah, just. I love it. Oh God. Oh no. (laughs) This is all too much. This is just. Too many feelings. Too so oh. many. Feelings. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So, I did have a thought I wanted to bring up since it's as we're recording, it's still Pride Month. So yes, mm-hmm, I wanted mm-hmm. to mention. I know there there is a significant portion of people who see Charlie as being asexual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought that would be a fun thing to think about. Is like exploring relationships with like an asexual person mm-hmm. and how they handle that is like if charlie is like open to having sex for like intimacy reasons or right he doesn't 
to at all. So he lets Draco sleep with other people, but oh. you know, it's just sex, but right. Charlie's who he comes home to at the end of the day, or just mm-hmm. like them dealing with like their various sex drives and how they want to approach that in their relationship yes. and exploring how different asexuality can come up yes. in people. But I thought that'd be a cool thing to think <gasps> about is just asexual <laughs> Charlie with Okay. Well, of course I'm getting things real <laughs> real to an extent. Um so <laughs> So now I'm picturing some sort of polyjuice ser- service. So it's like you hire someone and takes polyjuice as Charlie, and then Charlie and Draco can be intimate. And Charlie's like into watching, you know, like he's like, oh, I can't do it. But seeing this is like great, you know, like <laughs> I do like even without the polyjuice, I kind of like the idea of him wanting to be present. Yeah. Just yeah. not involved. Oh, yeah. Because he could, yeah, because he could still be, like, drawn to or emotionally moved by how Draco reacts in such, you know, like, a situation or environment or whatever that he still feels like he's a part of it. And, like, you know, because Draco's still, like, looking at him or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, there's still that connection there and, you know, they know that it's, you know. that idea of dealing with like because asexuality can be different for everyone i'm ace and i'm different from you know ace friends that i have so it can be different Mm -hmm. in everyone so it's the idea of like exploring that and how they worked out within their relationship Mm -hmm. i like the idea of there being because i love smut soup Mm -hmm. but the idea of like (laughs) having a hot Uh but also the more like intimate like yeah intimate between them even if like the sex is happening different ways yes Charlie's like doing it because he wants to be close to Draco not because like I love sex or just right Draco to be happy or like he wants to be present watching there's so many different things you can do with that and so many Mm -hmm. ways explore that that I just thought especially because I do hear a lot of like Charlie as an asexual person and kind of bringing mm-hmm. that into his into the idea of the relationship with Draco and just how mm-hmm. it, that would be to explore yeah and any sort of like ace representation or awareness is great because then it's like it's also an opportunity to show like the strength of a relationship without yeah. you know like if it's if it's on the spectrum of like a you know sex averse or whatever like you can still have a meaningful strong relationship you know without that you know in comparison to the other side of things of like even though i not i don't see you in that way i still like want it like and i still you know but and i'm doing this because i know that you need to feel you know something you know from me or whatever and so yeah no i I like that a lot i like that a lot yeah i just hmm Mm. I know. <laughs> Jeez, this whole episode is just us going, ah. <laughs> I know, just like melting over here. I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining Nathan listening to this. <laughs> this would definitely have gone very different if Nathan was <laughs> 
which is great. You know, like I, I love that, you know, we'll have an opportunity probably the, you know, I don't know. It, it depends on luckily right now where I'm at, like, even though I'm not in my house, like mm. I was able to set up and do some recording. So hopefully I will be able to stay involved more than I thought I was going to be able yeah. to. But this summer is all about different, which is fun. So it's like, hey, we had to do it just the two of us. And then in the future, it might be Nathan and some people and whatever but it's like but we want to keep it going it's too much fun like I just yeah 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 there's too many ships and not enough time so I know I know exactly and of course like we'll see um because I want to talk to Nathan about him like how what to what extent does he really want to be involved in like a snary episode because I know that we could just literally (laughs) go on for hours just the two of us like i'm gonna sit out on that one (laughs) yes exactly but like anything like there's things that he didn't see before or i didn't see before and then we get going on it and that's the fun part of it is like kind of convincing ourselves or i think of the snomione episode (laughs) where it's like I went in, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And then like 10 minutes later, oh my gosh, here's how and here's why and here's all these ideas. I like the idea of like, it's you and me presenting the case of Snary to Nathan. Yes. Yeah, no, I actually do really love that idea. Us talking for three hours. So what do you think? Yeah, so what? Yeah, we pull out like put our glasses on, pull out our PowerPoint presentation. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Which just with like tons, tons of explicit fl- fan art. And it's like, if you don't think so now. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. So uh, was there anything else that you could think of that you were? Not really. Honest? I was just gonna reaffirm my support for Vila Draco. Yes, I know. And I was going to be like, okay, so now getting into some Omegaverse stuff. Yeah. So like Alpha, Charlie, Omega Draco. And I just, yeah. Uh, Yes. Yes. I love that so much. But yeah, I just, this is definitely a dynamic where, I mean, I know I personally kind of like I talked about how different pairings, different feelings, but it's like Charlie is definitely like the dominant presence and yes. you know comparison not that I wouldn't believe or read or experience the opposite yeah. side of things because I also really like the idea of like Draco dominating Charlie like Mr. like muscly dragon dude yeah. and like Draco being the one to like put him in his place or what I mean I just like I just I love that too especially if they're like very physically different where yes like, slimmer and smaller and it's mm-hmm. like uh diverting your expectations a little yes. bit i yes. think that's a little fun is like yes think yeah the like what well, um uh, yeah the like dominant little or whatever or something like that like i just or draco still being more dominant even though yeah he's, like, bottoming yeah oh yeah for sure absolutely There's so many ways you can play with that where it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. doing something where you're i didn't see that but now <laughs> exactly now i see it yeah. <laughs> story of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh all right well this is so much fun 
I had a great time. I didn't know how this was going to go without Nathan because like, we love you, Nathan. We're so sorry you weren't here, but this was so much fun. I mean, we've done the Snapchat stuff together and of course, a couple of the other stuff together. And so I definitely wanted to pick a pairing that I knew that both of us could be like, okay, we're like, we have things to say or we'll find things to say. And obviously we did. So I always have things to say about Draco. So (laughs) (laughs) So, so absolutely we'll be linking the daddy series from yeah. Stan Puff because yes, I'm, I'm looking back. I'm pretty sure that might've been one of the first experiences <laughs> with Draco Charlie. Now that I think about it. Um, yeah, I'm so glad my history is hidden. That's <laughs> <laughs> what have you been reading? <laughs> Sometimes I look at my bookmarks and stuff and I'm like, oh my God, I was in, I was in a place that day. (laughs) A fun place. A fun place. It was great. I was having a great time. Yeah. So, but yeah. So awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me on this. Super great. I'm sure we'll do this again because like we just, we have, we obviously have fun. So, (laughs) (laughs) so as far as like, you know, what's. Things are up in the air right now as far as what's coming and who will be here and all of that. But we look forward to what you guys get to listen to next time. And it's it'll be fun. This is going to be a fun summer and different, very different, but a lot of fun. So thanks again, Danny, for joining me on this. Thanks for having me. Yes. And of course, if anyone has their own headcanons regarding Draco and Charlie or have any recs for us, um, you know, send us a tweet or, you know, you can go to our website, careofmagicalshippers.com. We have a form you can fill out for recommendations or you can email us directly at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com. We want to know what you think about these guys all the time. We always want to know what you think because obviously we know what we think. So that's. (laughs) and whether you thought a thing before listening to our things and then how that affected everything oh so yeah so once again thanks for listening and we'll see you next time so now that you've finished enjoying that episode i bet you're wondering what we're going to be talking about next time will it be a ship could it be a trope what about a character-centric episode editing megs put the listeners out of their misery Next time, we'll be focusing on Percy Weasley and Oliver Wood. So come back to enjoy that at your earliest possible convenience. But, you know, preferably sooner rather than later, because we do make it so you listen to it. And we hope you enjoy it. Remember your Uncle Nathan's advice. Be kind to each other, manage your mischief, and we'll catch you in the next one soon.